Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so that they can lead like Jesus. I'm Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Gian Lemmy and Jim Good. What's up, fellas? Hey, Chad. What's up? Hey, I'm I'm just uh, so excited to uh, air this one. This is uh, a man that has meant a lot to me in my life. Um, he actually built us a table when we just moved in up here about a year ago. He heard that we, were, we sold some of our stuff down in Georgia and we we're looking for it. So just with his bare hands, he did that act of service and love for me and my family. Um, but yeah, man of God, we got Eric Nelson. He's the vice president of Catholic Ministries with Athletes in Action. What did you guys hear out of this one? No, I, I just loved his ideas of us having unlimited timeouts to be able to uh, to take throughout our day and, and throughout life. Love that. And then he talked about the the duality of being versus doing, which uh, really stuck out to me. Yeah, we, I think Chad did a great job interviewing uh, Eric and enjoyed hearing his testimony, his basketball background, similar ministries and what we're doing at Nations of Coaches. And just uh, what would he redo for going back? And he mentioned this idea, and I love the terminology, the bullpen and having uh, this kind of accountability, iron sharpens iron. Um, he mentioned in, in his life, and I can relate as a younger coach, being a slave to the schedule and, and a perfectionist. And what he would do would invest more time individually. So young coaches that are listening, man, tune into that. Invest into that 10th, 11th, 12th man, the, the end of the bench, the, the people that are still just as important and just that individual attention and leadership you can provide. Yeah, and that's, uh, I'm just so excited. Uh, he's been on this inward journey and you can kind of hear it throughout the interview of um, just processing life, processing Christ. And uh, now I think he's he's just the right person to be leading in our organization and leading the coaches that he does. But we just don't want to waste any more time. We just want to get into this interview right now. Eric Nelson, uh, you are... You're, you're, you're my boss's boss, and uh, I don't know if that makes me more nervous or, or more excited to get to have you on the podcast, but I appreciate you making time, and we uh, like to get right into it here. Um, just want to hear from you. What, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? What a great question huh? that could have some, um, some, some broad reach to it. Well, um, a Christian coach, uh, you know, there's two ways to look at it. Like we do with athletes in action. There's a coach that happens to be a Christian and there's a Christian that ha happens to be a coach, right? So, um, a Christian, um, ultimately it's our, all of our greatest desire to walk in a way that all of our work is making us more like Christ and sanctifying us. Um, and so if we're in that process ourself, which I believe it starts with us, we focus a lot on our behaviors more than we do our own transformation. But it's really difficult to be transformational without um, a robust uh, personal leadership culture of how to lead ourselves. So 
I would, I, I think the, over the years I was, uh, I was a coach for 17 and then another 10 with AIA when we came on staff. And uh, the longer I've been around, I've been a coach or been with coaches, uh, the more I've realized it all starts with the leader. And um, so it's, like I said, you, you really can't be transformational uh, until uh, you are practicing and you're owning your own growth, which involves, maybe I could talk about that here in a few minutes, but it involves uh, people and purpose and those types of things. The, the opposite is this. The majority of our world is very transactional. We all know what that feels like as a player. And we know when we're doing it as a coach. And it's a fine line because many coaches are, I mean, there's this, um, this performance addiction that we all grow up in that we carry it into coaching and therefore it can become transactional. Meaning if, if you are of value to me winning, then I use you. If you're not, I discard you. So the, the follower of Christ as a coach um, has a perspective and purpose uh, knowing that they're a work in process and so does their athlete. And there's a, there's a higher goal than, um, than performance. So in a nutshell, a Christian coach is one that is, is being transformed daily into the image of Christ and submitting himself to God and others, which I believe is the definition of humility, that trusting God and others with our, with our lives. Um, and they're one that is, um, that has convictions and living them out about, uh, helping players reach their destiny and not their, just their potential. That's really good. That's really good. Love the, the depth and the, and the wisdom, um, within that. And, uh, just drawn back to your experiences, um, you know, you you coached their high school basketball in Texas, took your team to six uh, final fours. Can you just talk to us a little bit about your experiences as a coach um, going through that that owning of your growth and, and dealing with performance, um, everything that that coaches have to deal with? But what was it like for you uh, back in the day when you coached? Well, I think we can all understand that sometimes you get on this treadmill and it keeps going and wins are a relief and losses are devastating. And so, uh, man, I, you get to this place where your own expectations and the expectations of others become so great. Uh, you do tend to lose some of the joy that you have because honestly, it's like you, you set, you get, you get to this place where you believe you have this standard or others do which is unrealistic. And I think we all live in that at times. And so um, I'd say for, for the most part, the most satisfying moments were not necessarily the winning moments. 
they were uh, were moments where I felt like uh, players um, they, they maxed out who they were. Um, there was there was real life change that was happening, um, despite their coach that got I got wired into just this you know this ongoing performance addiction. So you, you know so to answer your question just personally, uh, I felt like. I was started to become a, a person I didn't want to become because I, I had lost some of the joy and um, I, the drivenness uh, became exhausting to my family and my kids and those closest to me and even my assistants. And I think uh, they felt, they felt to the experience that they had in my life was probably one of feeling like I was coaching them when um just my job was to love them and something that uh, my first my first coaching job was an assistant job near Dallas and the guy that I worked for was fantastic and he made this statement we just got to remember it's it's our job and their game once we make our job their job then then we lose it's a great quote that's really good that's really good with with uh with all that you know now if you were able to go back to the beginning um is there anything that you would that you would do over um if you could have a, a redo um how how could you as a coach to not not make it their job or for you to um be driven into exhaustion and and for mm. your family too but yeah what what would you do over if you had a chance to go back to the beginning mhm well, like I said in, er, earlier, I would make sure that I had, let's call it a bullpen around me to protect me and my own growth. And so, you know, classic bullpens are one out guys, middle relievers and starters. I'd make sure I'd have a one out guy I could call any minute. I'd have a, a reliever that, you know, every couple of weeks and then a starter that I met with every week to kind of keep me in check because I think you just get way in over your skis and you don't know what you're doing. You're a young coach and you're driving and you're pushing and you're prodding. So that's one thing I would have done differently. I would have just, just made sure I had people wherever I was uh, that I, I met with on a regular basis. So know your bullpen. Number two, I think that um, I was one of those coaches, which there's plenty of them out there that, that love planning practice. I mean, you're just, and very meticulous. And I enjoyed watching film and enjoyed watching and planning practice, but became so uh, much a slave to schedule and and perfection in moments that it became, I, I probably was a difficult, at moments, at moments, I know I was a difficult guy to play for until God actually did some transformation in me. So go back take you back to the bullpen the other thing i would say about players is this um i would have spent more time one-on-one -on -one with players 10 through 15 because they're the ones that actually make your locker room work mm -hmm. um and uh i would have invested individually more rather than with my group that's awesome that's really Really good stuff, Eric. Uh, love it. And uh, now, 
as you, you know, after going through those experiences as a coach um, and admitting that you didn't do it perfectly and, and right. And I think I'm in the same boat that for me, I, I had every intention to make disciples through coaching. And then you get uh, walked down this path and there's these pressures that boil up. Um, is there anything that that you see um, as triggers that that we could catch ourselves like for me, as I think like, man, there's maybe two or three years that you get down this trail and you realize you're there. But if if the bullpen would have been there in the beginning or um, other things, but do you think coaches can see um, see it earlier? Is there anything that um, you, you could speak into on on that? Yeah, I, I almost think at the start of every year and then periodically throughout the year that that if you're not asking yourself the why question, um you get you get going down a different path. So motives are are really critical because motives reveal uh, our values, right? And they also lead to actions. And so um, when there's actions that I don't like about myself that are happening or they're just the internal uh, noise, uh, it usually is a good indicator that I need to revisit my purpose with somebody else mm. or just with God. And why, why am I doing what I'm what I'm doing? Help me trust you with that purpose and not the other voices that are starting to come into play. So I go back to the, you know, the, the bullpen, the idea. And that and that is, you know, when those things are happening, you just got to have a one out. You got to have a guy that you can call a person and say, listen, uh, I'm really struggling. We've lost three in a row, whatever. I'm starting to you know, do th these kinds of things at practice, my, my behavior, I'm getting mad or I blew, lost my, lost my temper at home. I lost it uh, in the gym. Um, I just want to tell you about it and ask you to pray for me. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be aware, acutely aware. Self-awareness is so, such a huge part of the coaching journey of what's happening with you. That's good. That's good. Um, and it's, I think it's just, uh, so, so great to look back and see how you are equipped now after going through those experiences as a coach to minister to coaches. Um, and, and you continue to minister and lead a group of, of coaches, uh, some pretty high profile. And obviously we won't say names here, but um, what, what are the, some things that you're trying to do with coaches now that um, that you're trying to help them as they're going through this inner inner process and inner growth uh, and just learning about leadership. But what are some key things that you love to, to hit on, uh, you know, in a weekly Bible study or over the course of the, the year in ministry? Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's so much I could talk about right here. Let me just try to boil it down to a couple of things. One is that uh, what does it really mean to own your influence? Um, they all have it. It's good or bad. <laughs> How do you own it? And so that's usually rooted in the person that you're becoming. So, you know, we trusted the person of Jesus. Therefore, we trusted all that he said and what he did for us. And if your players don't trust your person, they don't really trust your role. So how do I, how does my person grow um, in character, competent, competency, dependence on God's word for in my own life? Uh, so that my person is trusted, then they trust me. Even if they don't like the the lack of playing time, they trust my role. So 
um, with the, so that's, those are two separate things. The third thing I would say with with coaches is, you know, all, all of us, um, we we approach our Christianity with the same performance mindset that we have with our coaches, meaning, you know, you you tell your players you do more, you'll earn a chance to play right or you'll improve yourself. Doing more is a recipe for disaster as a Christian. So um, as, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, we understand the transaction or just even the, um, the, the God, God's grace for salvation. We understand that. It makes sense to us. You know, I receive what Christ did for me, and therefore I get eternal life with him forever. Um, so we trust that. But it's so hard for coaches to trust the God of salvation in their day-to-day life. They trust him for salvation, but do they trust him with their life? So the difference is this. Am I living a life of trying to please God with my effort? Or am I living a life trusting God with who he says I am? Hebrews 11.6 said, uh, it's impossible to please him without faith, which is the same thing as trust. The, the meaning of that root word. So, the, the, the thing we keep talking about with coaches is what does it really mean to trust God with who he already says you are and live out of that identity and trust him with your circumstances as he sees them rather than pleasing him with my effort. So that is a very difficult kind of rewiring for all of us. And, and um, so we, we've spent a lot of time talking about, those things and probably that last one maybe the most yeah that's really good the the performance uh, mindset trying to earn earn christianity uh as a coach so what um just getting getting personal what's what's that like for you now in in your current role as a minister as you've kind of been going through this process you're, you're counseling other coaches on the process but how do you as a as a jesus follower um, battle that each day uh, to not have to be caught up in in your performance as a as a minister and a leader. That's a great question. I think a, a, a good question for all of us to, to answer is this: what's what's the purpose for all the things that God values most in the spiritual disciplines? What why are those important? Why are they important for you? Why are they important for me? Um, if I'm earning, then, um, I'm missing the boat, but if those things, if those things like word, prayer, community, fasting, etc., worship, um, are the, if the motive is designed, it is, it, if my motive is to do them, to understand what God says about me and to grow in my friendship with Jesus, um, then I'm usually in a better place. But I think all of us know ourselves enough to know when we use say anything that starts with should, better, uh, I need to, I have to, uh, your motive is probably one of earning.
That's good. Thanks for sharing that. And just that difference between uh, being versus doing is always a, a battle and struggle. But we got Eric Nelson uh, here with us, the VP of Catalytic Ministries with Athletes in Action. And I just want to take the opportunity to um, just uh, I've been here for just over six months on campus and able to hear uh, all the amazing things that God's doing you know, on this campus and around the world. But can you just uh, tell our audience just uh uh, a little bit about Athletes in Action, uh, how this campus is is set up here in Ohio, and what, what they might have to offer to a coach who's who's listening to this. Thanks, Chad. And uh, we just had no idea you were so versatile and gifted. Podcasts and boy, what else don't we know about you? I mean, Let's this go. is amazing. <laughs> no, we love this. <laughs> um so uh, here on our 200-acre campus, we have around 150,000 people that come here every year, turnstile, and um, and so we, we we like a laboratory for how do you put, create environments where where players and coaches can integrate their faith in sport. Things like bringing your team for a retreat to our campus, a two-night, three-day retreat, um, of which we had around 35 different teams come last year. The uh, we just sent some folks to do a retreat with the Baltimore Ravens, um, and they had an amazing experience. Uh, also, things like cap- captains' academies. Uh, we cert- currently have, or if coaches want to serve on mission, we have a group of international coaches here right now. Uh, they could come serve them and teach and love on them. Uh, so that's one of the things on the campus. I think if you broaden out nationally and globally and they could serve overseas with us on mission if you're a basketball coach they could come to the final four we've got a number of events there for coaches uh and then if you look online the resources we have uh, around principles and hurdles and um daily devotionals that we have for coaches and players nice and, and just digging into, you know, we obviously have, we're on over 200 campuses as well for campus ministry, but you oversee the catalytic uh, ministry. Can you just give a, a quick definition on, on what is catalytic? How does that uh, impact ministry here and, and around the world? Uh, yeah, our the, this this part of Athletes in Action um, is as activity like sending missions overseas or doing running ultimate training camps or things that happen on, happen on this physical campus. Uh, but all those, all those events are designed to do two things. One is accelerate uh, ongoing current ministries. They could be AIA, they could be FCA, whatever, but accelerate a ministry. And secondly is pioneer into new audiences or pioneer into places where the gospel is not. So accelerate and pioneer are the, by the two linchpin words for our part of Athletes in Action, which is we've got 700 staff in the U.S., uh, 300 globally, um, NFL teams, MLS teams. But our our part is um, is uh, designed to be pioneering and supportive to the rest of the ministry. Yeah. And you were you were vital um, to me joining staff. And I remember just kind of as the interviewing, praying process, just the word uh entrepreneur and pioneering uh, these type of words kind of resonate with my heart to want to come and join what what you guys are doing what God's doing with AIA and and probably I'm just a huge uh fan of leadership I know I have so much to grow and learn in but just being in 
uh, boardrooms and watching you lead and uh, and watching you speak and deliver messages. Um, it's been really, really helpful for me to see and just just wanted to be able to pick your brain a little bit. But um, just the last two years for every leader, there's been a lot of movement and with COVID and, and um, things, things, just hard things. Um, and so just seeing you kind of lead um, with grace and, and truth and hope and optimism um, for the future. But just curious, like, what's your process like as you're trying to prepare um, to deliver a message, you know, picturing a coach in a huddle um, or or uh, a leader in a boardroom. But what's your process to prepare to deliver a message that you're not really sure how, how it's going to be received? Maybe it's tough news. Um, but what's your process like to prepare for that? Gosh, I think all of us are in those situations every day, aren't we? Right. So, somehow or some other could be a parent you're, mm -hmm. having, to, you're having to walk into. It could be a, a team or whatever. Um. I'd say the, the the most important the most important aspect of walking into conversations that may represent conflict is getting present with Christ. And it's simply sometimes before I walk in the door, I pause and I submit myself to the Lord. And I get present with the mind of Christ, not the emotions maybe that are stirring in my head that can come out sideways and become really about me. Actually, my my reactions usually become about me rather than my responses that become about God and the other person. Um, so I I think that's a, you know, in the basketball, you got 30 second timeouts You as a Christian coach. I think you need to view life as unlimited 30 second timeouts. Anytime you, you sense, okay, my mind is going off the rails here. And uh, if I, if I don't bring my thoughts captive, this, this could not go well. <laughs> That's awesome. Unlimited uh, 30 second timeouts. I love that. Um, well, this this has been so good. I'm I'm thankful that uh, after we hit and record that I'll get more chances to keep uh, asking you questions and learning from you as as a follower of Jesus and, and leader. Um, but just as we finish and wrap things up here, just how can we be be praying for you um, here today? Mm. Well, you like you said, it is a different world. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of change in our organization, but there's also just change in the way ministry happens. So discernment, how do we how do we have discernment about what the athlete and coach needs right now in this world? How do we lead out in that way and do it in a real cohesive manner? So we'd appreciate prayer for that and and grateful. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's pray here. Father, uh, we just uh, take a 30 second time out. We, we pause. We look to you and uh Lord, we just lift up Eric and, and Miss April and thank you so much for them, for their leadership here at Athletes in Action, uh, for their ministry um, to the basketball world for, for many years now. And um, just pray, Lord, for discernment. Um, just help them to know uh, how to lead uh, into this next uh, next few months and, and next few years. And uh, we just trust that you are faithful and true and that you will uh, speak and, and that as sheep will we'll hear our shepherd's voice and so thank you so much for this time uh, thanks for this opportunity to uh record with with eric and uh 
thanks for all the coaches that, that tune in as well. And just pray uh, all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Chad, what a, what a great interview with Eric Nelson. Um, I loved the talk at the beginning of the of the interview with talking about burnout and how coaches actually experience burnout as well. Players have overtraining, coaches have burnout. And I just loved mm-hmm. his his heart um, for addressing those issues as well as just some strategies on how to handle it better. Also in the beginning, Gian, he mentioned this uh, phrase and terminology, own your own growth. And I thought that was good as coaches. I, I pray that we are growing. I, I can remember someone sharing with me, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so we want to help come alongside of you, support you coaches in your personal growth with leadership, with coaching, with podcasts, with resources, just so that you can own your own growth. So I enjoyed hearing that in the beginning. And this was a special one for me just to be able to hit record and and share with the public. Um, But more more thankful for just all the um, conversations quickly um, in, in the hallway or in boardrooms or over the phone that I've been able to have with Eric and just uh, he's a man of God and, and a guy worth following that so many of us at Athletes in Action are really looking up to him. And so uh, anything uh, that you guys can do as listeners uh, could just help us if you're willing to rate, review, subscribe, share word of mouth. Um, all that really just helps with uh, the podcast to continue to grow but uh, we end every episode the same exact way. And it's a reminder for us. And we hope it's a reminder for you. But the mission field is right where you're at. Mm-hmm.